Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Well, I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving. As I mentioned before, it's one of my most favorite, if not the number one favorite holiday that I celebrate. And I'm very thankful to the Lord for being able to share it with my family. And I hope that you had a wonderful day as well. Today, I want to talk to you about a rendezvous with destiny. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are sovereign, Lord, King of the universe. I thank you, Father, that you have placed us, your people, for such a time as this in the great nation of the United States of America. And I pray, Father, this is my prayer today, Lord, that you would turn every heart toward you, that people would have eyes to see and ears to hear your voice once again, and that this nation would come back to its very founding roots, love for the Bible, love for God, and love for people. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Yes, you may be familiar with that phrase, rendezvous with destiny. If you're old enough to remember Ronald Reagan saying that, On November 13, 1979, Ronald Reagan announced he was running for president of the United States, and he made these remarks. He said, I believe this nation hungers for a spiritual revival. Government should uphold and not undermine those institutions, which are custodians of the very values upon which civilization is founded, religion, education, and above all, family. We, who are privileged to be Americans, have had a rendezvous with destiny since the moment in 1630 when John Winthrop, standing on the deck of the tiny Arabella off the coast of Massachusetts, told the little band of pilgrims, He said, We shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us, so that if we shall deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken, and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword throughout the world. Ronald Reagan went on to say, A troubled and afflicted mankind looks to us, pleading for us to keep our rendezvous with destiny. Mm, powerful words. So prophetic. It, it sounds as if he could have written that right now, right for today. It's so prophetic. It's almost as if he knew the future. And here we are some 41 years later, and that hunger still exists, my friend. We are still waiting the voting outcome in several key states, even though, even though Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia have certified the election. They are fraught with fraud, the likes of which we have never seen before. And I have to say, I'm truly astonished 
that one Democrat after another can say with a straight face, there has not been a shred of evidence of fraud. I have to shake my head. Yet Mayor Giuliani has over 100-some affidavits of people testifying to outrageous actions of fraud. As the church, we keep praying, praying for justice, praying that everything that is hidden, everything that's been in the dark, done in the dark, will be exposed to the light, praying that there will be favor with the president's legal team. And of course, we pray safety for all those who have bravely stepped up to tell the truth. Do you know, you may not be aware, that the president's legal team um, has had continued death threats from the Democrats? And Jenna Ellis, this lovely, lovely lady that's on the president's, she's a lawyer, she's on the legal team. She has been threatened with rape and death. I find this so disgusting. And I think you should find it disgusting too. We are Americans. And we should delight in the truth and the freedom found in our republic. And we want a free and fair election. That's what we're talking about, a free and fair election. So if the Democrats don't have anything to hide, then why wouldn't they? You have to ask yourself, why don't they want a free election? Why do they want to persist in keeping things hidden. They want a fair election, then what's the problem? Why keep hiding things? Why keep making statements that there was no fraud, not a shred? Here's what they say with a straight face, not a shred of evidence. I can say undoubtedly that the America today that we live in today is not the same America which the pilgrims founded. In the Mayflower Compact, I read that to you last week, but I do want to reread this one phrase. This is what they wrote. They said, it starts, in the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, by the grace of God of England, France, and Ireland, King, defender of the faith, and having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. So I will stop there. Before they set foot on land, these words were pro proclaimed and they were written down, thank goodness they were written down, that we can actually say, here we know, for, for all to know that they came for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. 
So they were advancing Christian faith in America. And after the pilgrims landed, do you know that as the years unfolded, you know, 70,000 Puritans had come over. John Winthrop brought many of them with him, a great leader at that time. Now, this is what some of our past leaders have said about the Bible. President Andrew Jackson. He said, the Bible is the rock on which our republic rests. Woodrow Wilson said, America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness, which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture. President Abraham Lincoln said the Bible is the best gift God has given to men. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. Folks, I could, I could give you 15 more leaders and what they have said about the Bible and said about walking in righteousness. But I think you get the point. You see, America's commitment to the Bible was unwavering. And it was demonstrated in many ways, one of which was evident at the conclusion of the American Revolution. With the victory at the Battle of Yorktown, America was finally free from British rule, one of which was against printing a Bible in English in America. So, in 1781, Congress advanced a plan to print America's English language Bible. And on September 12, 1782, Congress approved that Bible. And it soon began rolling off the printing presses. I, I, you know, I have to take a minute just, just, you know, to think of that in my mind. And contrast that picture of these Bibles just rolling off the printing press. And where we are today. Where people shun the Bible. They make fun of you if you talk about the Bible. They want to hear nothing about the Bible. We, we know that the Bible has been removed from schools. And so, um, you know, the contrast is amazing to me as I think about what was happening back in 1782 and where we are today. Now, the interesting point is not only did they print this Bible, but they printed a congressional endorsement in the front of every Bible. And this is what it said. Resolved that the United States in Congress assembled recommend this edition of the Bible to the inhabitants of the United States. That says a lot. 
But 400 years later, here we are, prayer removed from schools, can't have Bibles. We've certainly drifted this ship way off course. So what must we do? What can we do? Well, we, the church, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we must do everything we can to preserve our nation. Pray. Prayer. Pray hard. Pray often. Fast and pray. Gather a group in your home to pray. Prayer changes things. I have a little wooden sign that I bought a long time ago. It sits above my powder room. It's, it's actually facing inside my kitchen. Prayer changes things. And it is the truth. If you want to be a history changer, a history maker, then pray. So many people have changed history by praying. You see, God gave us this nation to steward. We are not doing a very good job these days. Oftentimes, we need to look within our own lives and see where we have veered off course. And that really is the the first step. We really have to go before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit, where have I veered off the course? Is there sin in my life that I have not confessed? How do I perceive my neighbors? Do I look at them with disdain and disgust? Or do I look at them with the love of Christ in my heart? You see, I've always said so many times on this broadcast about studying the Word, staying in the Word, because the Word tells us in Romans um, 12.1 that it renews our mind, it transforms our mind. Instead of being conformed to this world, our mind is renewed to the Bible, to the Word of God, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we have to look inside. We have to say to ourselves, where have I veered off? You know, we can become lukewarm and not even know it. We can let the world influence our decisions instead of allowing God's word to be our plumb line and the needed guidance that we need each and every day. It's very, believe it or not, we can, we can be heading down the wrong road here. You know, we could be on that wide, broad road to destruction and not even know it. And you might say, oh, that sounds so crazy. No, I've been there by, by myself. I know how the enemy works. I know that he can put a thought in our head in our mind and if we feed on that thought he can start taking us down a broad path of destruction he can that's his goal that's his aim and once he brings discouragement and once we start to feel hopeless boy oh boy we can really get into some deep trouble so 
We must stay in the word. We must stay in prayer. We must stay in fellowship. And that's why it's important not to forsake the assembling of yourselves. Because we sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. I surely want to be around people. And I do that specifically. I stay in touch with people to keep me sharp, keep me where I need to be. Um, We weren't meant to be lone rangers. We weren't meant to be alone by ourselves. We need other people. We need the body of Christ. It's so important. America really has been unrivaled in its success. You don't have to be a genius to to see that, to know that. And America was born in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence. We we've only had one form of government since um since we've had the Constitution, which was ratified in 1789. We have been blessed with prosperity and blessed with the freedom to dream our dreams and advance and help other nations all around the world. We have been a mighty force to reckon with this great United States of America. But when we turn our heart from God, when we turn away from the ways of God, well, then we, you know, we eat the fruit of that. And so that's what we're living today because of all those decisions made not too, too long ago. And we are reaping the fruit of it. And need I go into a long litany of things of where we are? You're all familiar with the way the culture is today. It's a sad state of affairs. It's heartbreaking to me. I love America. I love the Declaration of Independence. I love the Constitution. I'm a patriot, and I am proud of it. But I know this. If we continue to turn our back with God, God help us. So we had a reprieve with Donald Trump as our president. And despite his shortcomings, I think he's one of the best presidents we've ever had. Truly. Uh, He has been the most staunch um, supporter of life in the womb. He has been the greatest uh, supporter of Israel. And remember what the Bible says. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Speaking of Israel. So if you curse Israel, you're going to be cursed. It's, it's what the word says. It's not my idea. But we need a great awakening. We must turn our hearts back to God. If we don't, we'll be left to our own destruction. And that concerns me greatly. So tomorrow, I will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I will be with 
Dutch Sheets Ministries and the team that's been going to all the states where there has been um, a lot of controversy regarding the uh, votes. Uh, Dutch has been in Arizona. He's been in um, Nevada. He's been in Michigan. He's been in Wisconsin. He's been in Pennsylvania. He was at Gettysburg. He was in Countersport, Pennsylvania, at the head waters of the Allegheny River. God called him to go there. And tomorrow night, he's going to be at the end of the Allegheny River in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And these are prayer meetings. These are really crying out to God for our nation to bring justice, to bring truth. Um, You know, if President Trump lost this election fair and square, then he lost fair and square. We're okay with that. What we're not okay with is that it's not fair and square right at the moment. There's too much fraud and it has to be addressed and things have to be looked at. So we are praying. We are praying for a great awakening. We're praying for people to turn back to God. And so um, I can't invite you to join me because it is by, uh, well, it's not by invitation, but you had to, um, you had to reserve uh, a spot. Uh, it's free, but uh, it's been sold out. So I, I'm assuming that the church is limited in, in its uh, ability to hold people safely with the social distancing, et cetera. So. Um, anyway, prayer is one of the keys. I want to read something that I think, again, is, was said a long time ago, but, again, prophetic for where we are today. This was written by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, so it kind of, kind of took me back when I saw that. So let me just share what he, what he says here. He says, In the formative days of the Republic, the directing influence the Bible exercised upon the fathers of the nation is conspicuously evident. This book continues to hold its unchallenged place as the most loved, the most quoted, and the most universally read and pondered of all the volumes which our libraries contain. We cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied and shaping the advances of the Republic. I suggest a nationwide reading of the Holy Scriptures for a renewed and strengthening contact with those eternal truths and majestic principles which have inspired such measure of true greatness as this nation has achieved. I would have to agree with President Roosevelt. Wouldn't it just be so cool if our president would suggest a nationwide reading of the Holy Scriptures. Of course, you know, uh, there would be so much pushback. Um, But 
You know, at the time that uh, Roosevelt wrote that, people didn't push back. People were accepting. I mean, you know, this is this is the kind of rhetoric they wanted to hear. That the Bible has has had a place that has shaped our republic. And I, you know, these, you know, I'm a lover of God's word. These are eter- eternal truths. I like what he said, eternal truths and majestic principles, which have inspired such measure of true greatness as this nation has achieved. So I'm putting out a challenge to all of you. Come on, let's read the Holy Scriptures. Get your Bible out. Start reading it. See what God says. You never know. He may have something very special to tell you. Something very important that you need to hear. This is the one thing I do believe. (laughs) I do believe. Believe. Even though we've been unrivaled in our success, we have been prosperous, we have been the greatest nation in the entire world. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that the United States of America has a rendezvous with destiny. I agree with Ronald Reagan. I think those were the most prophetic words spoken. Where we are today, we can, I believe it, we can still have a rendezvous with destiny. Would you just, um, just kind of say to yourself, I'm going to, I'm going to purpose. I know, you know, the New Year's, you know, about a month away. But it's not too early to make some propositions, some resolutions. Why don't we resolve today that we're going to read the Holy Scriptures? We're going to read the Holy Scriptures, resolve to pray, to pray hard, to pray big prayers, to come in agreement with God's Word as we pray. You know, there's power in God's Word. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Indeed it is. So let's pray. Let's be in agreement with God's word. Let's let's decree and declare God's word over our nation. So I'll just say this in closing. America, you are a great nation. And America, you will turn back to God. America, I believe the people of this nation will turn back to the ways of the Lord. And I am a voice crying in the wilderness, and I am preparing the way of the Lord. Amen. Well, this is Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. I have enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to being with you again. You can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, 
Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I covet your prayers very, very, very much. Please pray for this ministry. And I would love for you to help support this ministry. So again, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. With that, I say shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.